Hello, everybody. This is Trauma Drama. We are your hosts, Kaylee and Nick, and this is where we discuss surviving adulthood post-trauma. Um, in this episode and tons of other episodes to come, we talked about we talk about how one fucked up we are, but also how our trauma has framed what we do today, how we talk today, um, our emotions, our actions, our feelings dreams, hopes, fears, all those things. Um, and Nick and I have a really special, but really strange relationship, I think. Would you say, Nick? Yeah, I agree. And if you just started listening or you're thinking about not sticking around, if you think you don't have trauma, well, let me just tell you, if you came from a family, if you live in our society today, mm-hmm. going through this pandemic right now, if you've had friends, loved ones, mm-hmm. anybody, you definitely have trauma. Uh, I don't know, Kaylee, our friendship <laughs> started out with my wife, right? Kayla. You're now wife, but now my wife. best friend first. Yeah. Yes, it's true. Nick's, Nick's now wife has been my best friend for about 10 years. We met in high school. Um, she was friends or in the same friend group of a guy I was dating at the time. And um, and then we just became best buddies ever since. We played soccer together. We rode the bus together. I was the maid of honor in their wedding. And here we are today. But I think... Nick and I specifically became friends because of our trauma and have survived both family trauma, parenthood trauma, um, parents who are drug and alcohol addicts, um, abuse, all sorts of things in all different ways. And I think it could be really dark and it could be really scary and it could be something that we dwell on a lot, but Instead, we get to joke (laughs) and have fun with how we perceive sex and relationships and marriage and all of the things that make us adults. Um, And I always have found myself in conversations identifying with Nick, strangely, because we're totally different humans, (laughs) totally different. I agree. I mean, Kayla is like my best friend, right? She's my everything. But like, there's some things that happen where I literally like, she doesn't even notice that anything happened. But Kaylee already knows that, oh, Nick's super triggered right now, probably because I'm triggered as well. Yeah. So it's really funny. And I know you didn't like me when we first met. No. Nope. Um, yeah. But uh, you've seen me grow and turn into who I am now. So thank God. Yeah. And <laughs> it was rough for a while. <laughs> Man, and I definitely, definitely did not like like Nick at first. And I don't even remember why. I think like before, oh. I don't even know. I wasn't pleasant to be around. You just were an asshole. <laughs> I was a big asshole. You were a big asshole, but in a very like, I'm 17 in love with this girl. I don't know what to do with. And this is yeah. my best friend who thinks, Nick, fuck off. And Yeah, I was just trying to prove myself and I kept failing over and over again, but it's okay. <laughs> and I mean, we've gotten into conversations about everything from what politics, religion, therapy, everything. What else? Everything. Family, loved ones, relationships, yes. long distance relationships, school, yes, coworkers. Absolutely. I mean, it's everywhere. And it always ends in a laugh or most of the time me screaming at Nick. So yeah, there's some tears in between, absolutely. but then followed by extreme, extreme yelling, <laughs> but <laughs> that's so know. true that's so true that's a good time though yeah and so I think like something that's really cool is that like I said we're such different people but have such similar experiences coming from the life that we have lived and I think um to preface also where we come from um I have done probably or I've gone through 
seven years of therapy, like started going to therapy when I was about 17 and have managed like a lot of, um, a lot of different emotions and things through that, but also manage like mental health diagnoses also managed a lot of different things in those spaces. And, um, even before that had a real interest in my trauma and, you know, when you go to school or want to learn about something, you want to learn about yourself. Like a lot of my professors in school used to call it me search and not research. So I needless to say studied psychology in college. Wait, what's the, what's the me search? Me search is like you go to school and instead of studying things that aren't necessarily in your realm of reality, you study things that you know and understand to like better understand yourself first. Oh, okay. So I couldn't think of anything else in college to study other than psychology because I couldn't even fathom learning about biology. I couldn't even like think why the fuck is geography important? It is. But at 17 years old, all I wanted to do was understand why I felt the way I did every day. All I wanted to do was understand why the people in my life did the things that they did. So, well, thank God, because where are you if there's, you don't have that bottom layer of anything. And then it's just like, oh, but I know all this stuff about science. It's like, all right, Right. well, good luck in the rest of your life. Like I can't emotionally cope with anything, but I can tell you where (laughs) Kansas is. Yeah. That means fucking nothing to me. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Sorry to all my geology humans out there. I promise it's important, but I'm trying to make a point. No, we love Um, science. I'm trying to be a science teacher. We are, we love science. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um, uh, But yeah, then got my master's degree in counseling and now I work specifically in student affairs. So I do a lot of trauma-informed care, um, crisis and emergency response intervention, um, but on the emotional and mental side, uh, Nick took that same route, but in a very different lens. A very, very different lens, a very different way. And it didn't happen until like COVID happened. And it was like just that turning stone of where I could like really go introvert and look at myself. But it started, I mean, I've always, luckily counseling has always been part of my upbringing, but it was for like deaths. Like my mom was like, Hey, you should go to counseling, like to deal with your grandma's death. Okay, mom, like, sure, I'll go. And then it didn't really like come full circle until I was starting to like date women. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm having like major trust issues. I can't trust them. They're all going to betray me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to go work on this. And then through the years I started going down like the unconscious rabbit hole. Like, why did I do that? Like, I definitely don't even remember screaming that at my now wife. Like, I don't remember what I said or why I said mm-hmm. it. It just happened. Like something took me over and I've got to understand like what that was. And the freedom that it's unlocked has been incredible, but it was a very long and hard journey. And you were right mm-hmm. by my side the whole time and seeing the growth. And we would talk about it and share and feed off each other. And then at the same time, I was kind of educating myself. I was super like right wing Republican going through school and then boom, start going into sociology classes and studying the way the world actually works and not just being told from my parents. And it was Mm -hmm. so life-changing and it was amazing. And that's when I graduated with my criminology degree, Um, really wanted to be a cop and then (laughs) decided (laughs) probably don't want to do that because I don't want that kind of a life. Then went down the fire route. So I was working for a fire department and then I was like, oh, this kind of sucks too. So now I'm in the realm of education, which I think is where I maybe was always supposed to land. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's the first thing I always do when I have a chance is like help you with something or you ask me and it's just like, it's just something I really look forward to doing is helping out the youth and social and emotional learning is huge right now. So Mm -hmm. I think that's my forte. (laughs) Yes. And it is no chance that the once helpless are now doing all the helping like that's not a coincidence. No, I just like, well, I don't know where I would be at without 
all those experiences, I don't, I don't know what I, I don't know what I would do. Well, and I think I, I, I want to say a few things too, about like how cool and how special, but also how like rare both of our journeys are. You know, I think people, I don't ever want to, in this conversation, undermine people that are still struggling with trauma that haven't had resources to take advantage of mental health or emotional care. Um, I don't ever want to make folks feel small that aren't necessarily in the healing process processes that you and I are in. Um, but we want to ideally shed light on like adulthood now that we are where we are. And I think that's really, really important to mention that it's trauma is its own journey. It's its own process. Everybody sees it and experiences it in its own way. Neither of us are mental health clinicians. Um, yes, that's, cannot... that's fair to say. Let's yes. get that out on the table. We're not giving mental health advice. <laughs> Despite what Nick may say or what he may think. I'm not a doctor. Right. I'm not a doctor. I used to have to talk to Nick all the time about his king complex when he was saving lives in the fire department. Yeah. Like, Nick, yeah. you're not God. I'm like, not a God. I'm not get a God. Over it. Get over it. Uh, but, but we do have to give ourselves credit. We did get here. We did work our fucking asses off. Um, and we're doing it. I mean, Nick owns a home. Yes. Thank you. Um, I, I just don't think we were set up for success and it's shocking (laughs) the amount of ground we covered in the short amount of time. And so I do think we are deserved some credit. Could all of our episodes just be like about praising us? I think that I mean, self-love that counts. I agree. I agree. So harmful, but so true. No, it Uh, is crazy. But at the trauma stuff, it's all around us. Like at work, everybody mm -hmm. you run into has something. And even if they don't realize it, like it's there and it's affecting them. So once you can get to the place where you're like, once you understand psychology, nothing surprises you. People don't surprise Mm -hmm. you. Like there's still moments, but like for the most part, once you can figure out why people do what they do, you can navigate almost any situation. So yeah, I guess hopefully here, we're just going to be discussing as the weeks pass, what comes up, how we handled it, how maybe other people should have handled it or how they did handle it. Cause I mean, that's the funny part about trauma is watching people spiral out of control. Mm -hmm. We've all done it. I've watched it like, Hey, wake up, Nick. It's like, sorry, Nick's Nick's not home right now. (laughs) No. And I will also say, I think it's fair to say, Nick, you and I do that to each other. Like Nick, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I watched you like literally that spin top game. Just whoop, there she goes. Bye bye. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) Let me know when you're done dissociating. Yeah, and that's great. Let me know when you're ready. I'm right here. (laughs) Don't worry. You can spin out all you want, but you're not gonna Uh, make me spin out. Yes. Yeah. I think now would be a perfect time. Speaking of, um, what a terrible segue. I promise. my dear Johnny, I love you so much. However, now would be a great time to also talk about our super weirdly connected, but also I have bias about how wonderful he is, our producer. No, he's pretty great. Uh, his name is Johnny. He's my, <laughs> he's my best friend. Here's where shit gets weird. Yeah, yeah. So he's my best friend. This is a great story. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to go in super huge detail with him. Um, he basically is like a little gremlin or goblin. And he just, he just lives in his room, right? His whole life, his whole life. That's the first thing you want to say about yes. <laughs> Thumbs up. Giving us a thumbs up. He's also our producer, everybody. So uh, he deserves a, more, baby. You deserve did, more. You know, yeah, but this is his best friend giving him, giving him it. You're right. But anyways, friends forever. We played T-ball together. We grew up together. We have the same circle of friends, everything. I introduced him to everything, like everything. I mean, drinking, 
smoking. Not that we do any of that stuff, but like if we were to, I was the one who introduced him to that. Um, but then lastly, his girl, his new girlfriend, um, they've been together for over a year now, Kaylee. So she's my wife's best friend, maid of honor. Johnny was my best man. Um, and they met. AKA on my, me. He's talking yes. About me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kaylee. Um, and they met on my, on our joint bachelor and bachelorette party due to COVID. So I don't know. Everything's, t- everything's connected. And I wouldn't say we met there. Like I always knew Johnny, but I feel Johnny like you knew of Johnny. Yeah. Uh, I went to Johnny's house for a New Year's Eve party. And my graduation. Yep. And for Nick's graduation (laughs) and some other weird nights where Kayla wanted to come and spend time with you and she dragged me along and you guys were playing games or doing something really weird and spend time with us. Sounds right. uh, Yeah. Kaylee definitely connected with Johnny's mom, our mom (sighs) before Johnny. Yeah. Um, And well, so did Nick. And like, let's talk about both mine and Nick's mommy issues. And Johnny has two very stable and very wonderful parents. And so me and Nick's little trauma brains at separate points in time, at separate occasions, latch to this very healthy, like motherly figure. Unconditional love. Wow. What's that? Tell me more. What do you mean? (laughs) Um, What do you mean? You'll still love me if I throw up white wine on Christmas at your home. Like that's really nice. I didn't do the chores, but you still love me. Wow. That's new. (laughs) Really separate examples. Yeah a lot different but yes um but yeah so johnny johnny's another link in the chain that's important to to know and to talk about um but yeah here we are this really really weird group of four people that insanely love each other um it's very strange i know it is i promise we're not swingers no no not not swingers nick did get asked that just just a few weeks ago yes just a few weeks ago we when we were all in cabo that was a good time Mm -hmm. We invited some very lovely dancers to, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a little forward of a invite, but <laughs> hey, you guys want to come to, uh, you know, where we live in San Diego? And they're like, oh, last time I got asked that uh, they were swingers. Are you a swinger? <laughs> uh, she didn't have a partner to offer, so it wouldn't right. have worked out even if we were swingers. But and Nick, unfortunately, had to explain that to her, which was yeah. pretty tough to hear. She's, she's from England, so she wasn't really sure what the term meant, but <laughs> she was using it pretty freely. I was saying that as AKA you being a dick about saying you don't have a partner to offer. So that's it's not true. And that's not what she meant. Yes. I also <laughs> called her stupid and single in the same sense. <laughs> Leave it to me. Thank you. But Nick. she all, she also, you know, she was happy about that and then probably walked away and was like, what a fucking asshole. Probably. Yeah. But that, so, I, think... I mean, she's both of our dream girl. She'll never come to visit. Yeah, no, she won't. And I don't understand. I mean, you, I understand you don't live in the, this beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful place, but me, I don't know what the fuck. Yeah. Another very important thing to know about Nick and I is our, and this is, could be a whole nother episode, but I think as we're like rounding out all the important things about us is that we are both pretty queer in our own ways. Yes. I would like to talk about that. That's okay. great. Yeah. You want to go first? <laughs> I just think that that was like my first major turning point. It was. I remember that conversation. That was yeah. a big step. It was mind blowing. I was like, wait, hold on. It's not either you're male or female <laughs> or gay or straight. You mean this whole thing's like, what is it, a wave? It changes. A spectrum. It's, a spectrum. it's fluid. Mm-hmm. It, what? It's mind blowing. Yeah. But yeah, so I am a white male who is attracted to females, mm-hmm. but I enjoy female things. Yes. Am I saying that right? Almost. Almost. Yeah. I still need help. I'm still learning. That's okay. Female is a sex, not a gender. Feminine. Yes. 
Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so I like feminine things. So, so but you would I, say I, you're kind of gender queer. Gender queer. Mm-hmm. I love it. So yeah, I learned that. <laughs> I just like I don't know. Was it in my sexualities class? I think you... that was when you first had that awakening. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hold the fucking phone. Uh, yeah, hold the phone. Yeah. Yeah. That that same class I was talking to this. Well, so we was like a very group effort class, which was really cool. There was no test. It was just like we're gonna read something and we're gonna discuss it, which I think was like I learned like the most in that class because I wasn't preparing for a test the whole time. Mm. But the, the topic of porn got brought up and one girl, yeah, we love porn. One girl said porn. that porn is terrible, it's hurting society. And you know, hey, she's entitled to her own opinion. And I'm not saying her opinion mm-hmm. was wrong. I just had to stand up in front of the whole class and admit that I jack off every day. <laughs> and it got porn got me through a long distance relationship. It's it's not like fun sometimes. It's part of my daily routine. And I could feel every guy in there just like I wanted to stand up and give me a round of applause. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't disagree. And I, I remember taking soft core porn photographs of your <laughs> Yeah, Johnny likes it. To send to you in a box. I still have those in my drawer. They're good. Pretty tough. Yeah, good good Polaroids. (sighs) But anyway, yeah. Sex is fluid. Kaylee, what do you have to say about that? (laughs) Try again, Nick. Gender is fluid. God damn it. It's okay. It's okay. I swear to God, I'm better. I just. It's okay. It's the terms that escape me. Yeah. Um, you can think about sex as like, okay, sex has an X at the end. Think about X and Y chromosomes. Mm, what you're born with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, I got nervous there. I thought I was- <laughs> <laughs> You did great. That was okay, awesome. Good. This is a learning and safe uh, environment. This is, this is, yes. Um, I, and I identify as bisexual. So I'm also a white, uh, cisgendered female who identifies as bi. And had a coming out experience really late in my life. I wouldn't say really late, but um, I'm 25. Nick, you're 24. Mm-hmm. Nick's 24. Um, I came out when I was maybe 22, 23, my first year in grad school. And it just started happening as I started like randomly sleeping with my friends that were men and women. And I. Were those encounters on accident or like you just ended up in those situations? I guess you would say like accidentally on purpose. Does that right. make sense? Like you're not blaming like, anybody or anything for it, but it was like, it was like a, whoa, can't believe I'm here, but how cool that we're here. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Oopsie. Dro- I dropped my pencil. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would say I had quite the, quite the experience in grad school before I met my sweet, loving and wonderful producer. Yeah, uh, uh, John O'Leary, I there he is. Now live with, yes. Uh, <laughs> we live, unfortunately, in Colorado. That's it's tough. Really tough. It's been really tough on both of us. I feel like I'm in a long-distance relationship with my best friend, Kayla. Um, and, and before that, Johnny and I were also in a long-distance relationship. Sorry, I, I should have given you more credit. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, but yeah, Johnny and I moved in together after we were dating for five months, which is pretty backwards bananas. It's kind of like we were lesbians, you know, but we weren't. A little bit. No right? one said, you know, I don't know. I don't I know. Anything, but everybody said everything. Everybody said everything. Yeah. But I, I mean, I when know. you know, you know. I guess. <laughs> Do you? Is that true? No. Do you know? Did you know when you met Kayla? There no. Um. I first saw Kayla Ooh, when I was, good yeah, yeah, I first saw Kayla when I was like 12 or 13, 
I swear all my stories set out. I'm 12 years old. So I like 13, I was 13 and she moved in across the street from one of our, me and Johnny's best friends, ex-best friend. Um, and he rip. Um, so he has a twin sister. So that's eventually how I got to know Kayla was via them. Mm -hmm. But I remember seeing Kayla get out of like her mom's car. And I was like, Oh my God, I wish they made girls like that in my age, like my age group, because I was like, so in in love with her obviously it was purely sexual I was like that she is infatuated yeah thank you Mm -hmm. she was out of this world and then I don't know the when I I didn't like ah, I was initially trying to have sex with her when we first started talking x amount of years later after high school and she was thank you she was a good girl she played it safe she held out and thank god she did because now we're married because I don't know if like I, I didn't know that I wanted to marry her. Like if she had given it up, like, I don't know if I would have kept talking to her. Yeah. But, yeah. And I think it's, you know, two sides of the same coin. Cause I also think there's so many people that I've been like, yep, let's do it. And so glad I did not marry them. So yeah, you never know, like it could go either way, but I think I infatuation like- is okay, but you just, self-awareness right you just gotta yeah absolutely just like don't be lying to yourself like oh no like i this is the one that's why i'm doing it it's just you're never gonna know but there was a moment where i did know and it was trauma related we were going up to her you were there we were going up to disneyland yeah there was her it was on her birthday you came for one day because you. that's right yeah so on the way up she was already up there i guess kayla yeah she was with you already Oh, did she drive with her mom? And then I met her and then you came also separate. I came with her mom and Nick and Ryland. That's why she must have already been up there. Why would I not drive with her? Maybe she went up to see Emma and then anyways, we're getting into details. Maybe. Yeah. Moving forward. The drive up there. That was what it was. It was terrible. And I didn't know I had all these underlying issues yet, but her mom and stepdad started going at each other and screaming and fighting all the way up there. And I just like, when this little shell of like what I used to be is like a little boy and I was emotionless and Kayla thought I didn't want to be there and I was being selfish. I didn't want to participate because it was her birthday. It wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. So she obviously took it totally out of context and took it right. totally personal, but I had nothing to give her. I didn't like warn her mm-hmm. or let her know. I had no clue I was triggered. Yeah. And then as I started to think about it over the next couple of days, I was able to explain to her like, Hey, this is why, I was totally emotionless. Like your parents kind of hit a trigger. I didn't know it was there. And I thought I was a kid again and I couldn't show emotion to you or anything. So I'm so sorry. And that was when she was like, no worries, Nick. Like I, I love you for who you are and I'm always going to be here for you and you can work on it. Like as hard as you want, as long as you want, like, don't worry about it. And like, that was the first time I felt and experienced that unconditional love. Mm -hmm. So that was when I knew, but wouldn't have happened without that little incident. Yeah. And I mean, there's some moments like that. It just takes that one second, that one person to understand that one person to be compassionate, that one person to give you a second, a third, a fourth chance, you know, like, yeah, (sighs) it's kind of like a, having a safety net, like, yeah, Nick, like Mm -hmm. I, I did need to go out on a limb and go down that counseling rabbit hole and like uncover a bunch of stuff that I had worked very hard to cover up. Yeah. Like unconsciously and consciously. And for someone to be like, I'm going to, I'll catch you if you fall. Like, we're, don't worry. You're never going to get worse than you are. Like I got you. Mm. And it was just, it was very helpful. I think to go down that, that road with someone so supportive. Um, yeah, absolutely. But trying is hard not to be as emotional dependent, but 
that's kind of part of it until you get out of the hole you you're dug. Yeah. And it's a balancing act. And like, even that emotional awareness that you have now is not something I woke up with. Like that is something that took me probably like four or five years of therapy just to recognize, whoa, I'm having a reaction. I am feeling triggered. I need to take steps away and process this by myself. Like those words were never in my vocabulary growing up. And I never had that opportunity to take those moments until it was like very consistently trained into how I process emotions. Yeah. So I think it's really cool that you even had that awareness. Like that's, that's incredible. Yeah. And it still takes me sometimes days to figure it out. Like, it's yeah. like but at least I can like, Oh wow. That really pissed me off. Like, Oh, I yeah. really feel really shitty. Why? Like, and why? Right. Okay. And then I can like, I don't have to go and lash out at someone because I'm all of a sudden angry. Like I can handle it within, which I think is really important. Totally. Well, I don't want us to dive into any more good content before we're feeling satisfied with how, you know, where we're at, but I think we could call that episode, like either episode one or episode 0.5, like a prequel. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good, that's a good place to leave it. Love you, Nick. Love you too. Oh, so nice. Um, but thanks for listening. That was really weird. That was really bumpy. That was really fun. Um, and we are your hosts. I'm Kaylee and that is Nick. And we're so excited that you could listen and we will see you next time to hear more about our trauma drama.